Hi, I'm Jennifer Ackerman Haywood, and you're listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast, an interview show all about art, craft, and creativity. Well, if you couldn't express yourself, how would you de-stress yourself? And if you couldn't make and build and sing, and knit and paint and dance and spin, would you go crazy? Well, if you're going crazy, here's something amazing. Craft sanity, craft sanity, art and craft creativity, interviews with people who make, they are here to help keep you sane. Craft sanity, craft sanity, craft sanity. Hello and welcome to episode 217. Now this episode is on a topic that's near and dear to my heart, printmaking. We're going to talk about a really cool project that has made printmaking more accessible to everyone around the globe. It's called the Open Source Press Project, and it was started by Martin Snyder, a 22-year-old student in Cologne, Germany, who got an assignment for one of his classes and decided to see if he could 3D print a press that would be functional and you could actually pull a print on it. And he was successful. He decided then, once he was able to do it, he decided to put the files online and make them available to everyone. So anyone with access to a 3D printer could then make their own press. It's such a cool thing. I I saved my money to buy more expensive presses that take up gobs of my basement studio, but I'm still like completely, completely thrilled by this press that is way less expensive can pick it up with one finger. It's that light. It's really, really cool. So what I'm really excited about is the fact that Martin was so generous with his idea. He didn't say, hey, pay me 50 bucks and I'll send you the files. I mean, he just put them out there for free. And what this means is that people who did not have access to presses and and printmaking before are now getting inspired to jump in and print. So grab a project, settle in, and something tells me by the end of this, you're going to want to make yourself a little 3D printed press so you can pull prints too. Just a warning. All right, let's get to that interview. Martin, I just want to thank you for being a guest on the show. I am really excited to talk to you about your open press project and all the other things you make and do. And I hope you got a good grade on this because this is for your college studies, correct? Yeah, thanks for, uh, first of all, thanks for, for having me. I did get an A. Like it's the it's a one point zero. It's the the best, basically, what you can get. Okay, um, there might have been an international protest if you didn't get an A on this, uh, <laughs> <laughs> because I think there are a lot of printmakers around the globe who are really enjoying this project that you put out there. And if you can just explain to the people listening what the Open Press Project is, and we'll make sure we're all on the same page before we get too far ahead. It all started back in November in in the last year, where kind of this exam popped up um i needed to find a topic for it and since i've been doing printmaking for the past seven years i think um i kind of know people in the community and i know the problems uh, with printmaking so i decided to um kind of because i was back then i was starting to to fiddle around with 3d printing and stuff so i wanted to to, to to see if I can I can design a press that can be printed with a regular 3D printer, since um, it's 
quite difficult for a lot of people to get a press. Yeah, it's a big barrier. I think a lot of students are, uh, they have access during their years in art school, then they graduate, and they're expensive, and they take exactly. a lot of space. So they don't, so you saw that as a problem. I saw that around me, people um, didn't know about uh, printmaking at all. Um, they didn't know what was, what, what's intaglio printing, what's relief printing, like simple stuff like woodcuts. They didn't even know. So um, there was kind of this uh, this spot I needed to fill. I don't know, to to see if I can I can help um, the printmaking community uh, get bigger because I think the technique is really unique in that way, and I think it's awesome that something like 3D printing, like a really modern technique, is able to kind of help with that, with this really traditional traditional technique. Yeah, it is really, it's kind of high-tech meets tradition, and it is really something else. Um, was this a problem for you personally? Do you have a press? Do you have a regular press? When I started in 2011, I was doing an internship at our local uh, printmaking workshop. It's called Kölner uh, Grafikwerkstatt. And so we have all the presses there. So basically, I'm not doing printmaking at home at all. But um, once a week, I'm there in our little workshop uh, with nice people um, and just printing. Okay, so you you still have access to that workshop? Exactly. Not everyone has that in their community, though. So you saw this as a problem. And then, um, so you had this project to do for school. Where do you go to school? Are you still in school now? Yeah, I am. Um, so this was not not a final exam kind of thing, but an intermediate exam, we call it like that. It's like halfway through the bachelor. Um, and if I'm done, um, I have a bachelor of arts in integrated design. So basically, in our university, we're doing all sorts of design-related um, stuff. And where are you going to school? KIST. And it's uh, if you Google it, it's uh, Köln International School of Design. Are you learning how to use 3D printing in your program? Is this something that you were picking up the skill at school anyway? So what we do at our university is quite different. We don't have um, classes where we learn skills, stuff like that. But uh, we have always projects. So I think last year I was doing a, a project that was um, about 3D printing classes. Um, so this was kind of the first 3D printing thing I did at university where um, we had a job basically so a, a company was asking us to develop new kinds of glasses that could be printed with their 3d printer for example so this is kind of how we work we um, we get a job basically and uh, we start working on it and experimenting and i was experimenting with 3d printing besides uh, studying just because i was really interested in it and i i knew the programs the software, you need to do it. At what point did you decide, you know, I, I'd really like to try to see if I can make a press? I think it was kind of a, um, a combination of this exam I, I needed to do, and I was looking for a topic. Um, and then I was I was thinking, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on it for the following five months or so. Um, so I really wanted to find something I really liked um, and not something I was a bit I don't know. Um, I was not interested in. Right. That would have been horrible to spend five exactly. months working on something you didn't like. <laughs> exactly. So it was quite um, logical to pick something with printmaking. That's something I wanted to do for quite a long time now, but I never had the chance to do it at, at the university since we don't have printmaking courses or printmaking workshop at university. So this was also 
a situation where I could um, show my fellow students um, the world of printmaking uh, in, in that kind of sense. So how many presses did you make when you were going through the design and prototyping phase? How many did it take before you got to a design that you felt like, wow, this is pretty good. I can release this and share this with everybody online. I was working on it five months straight um, and I was building, I think it was 10 different prototypes. And this is all like um, iterating um, more and more. So I started with a really basic one. Um, in the beginning, I wanted to to try to build a really like a traditional press, kind of a scaled version of it, to to see if the the material, the the plastic I wanted to use, um, is capable of um, handling um, enough stress for for entirely printing, for example. So yeah, I, I was printing 10 different prototypes and I was testing all the time like every week I was in, in a workshop I, w I would bring the new prototype and I would test it on tiny little paper <laughs> and I mean how fun has this been because it seems like well the other students might have been struggling with their designs and prototyping um, I suspect that you were among those having the most fun <laughs> working on yeah probably yeah <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun um, I was going with it was a bit, bit annoying for the people in my in the workshop uh, seminar because um, the the press is not silent. So when you press it and you have a lot lots of stress on it, um, mine does this weird um, squeaking sound. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody was annoyed uh, and and they thought, oh, Martin is pressing again. And it's, well, mine is actually pretty quiet. I'm actually moving it right now, and you can't hear. But of course, I have the tenth version, basically, of what you were working on. But does your squeak now? The one you use now? Yeah, it does. Um, but I think it's something about the material I use. Oh, um, okay. It, yeah, it, it I shouldn't made, have an impact on on the quality. But yeah, I made mine. Um, well, the gentleman up in the engineering department, he printed mine solid, so it's solid plastic. It's not fifty percent. Oh, um, damn. Yeah, nice. yeah. So it because I am a little bit rough with my equipment. <laughs> Dude, let's get back to the story here. So your your fellow classmates are listening to you come in every week with a new press that is squeaking along. So it gave you an excuse to do a lot of printmaking. So were you carving new blocks every week, or were you just using the same block to test it? I was actually only using one um, little copper plate, okay. one etching, okay, um, to have kind of a comparison. If, if it's better, if it's worse. Um, and I also used only one uh, ink. Okay. So always the same ink, always the same plate. Um, so you kind of have to control. To, so you can, exactly. Yeah, because if it was different every time, you wouldn't be able to tell if it's better or worse. Exactly. Did you decide after you finally arrived at a design that worked, think, okay, I can share this now? Was that always the goal, is to make something you could share? Yes. Uh, I think from the beginning. Um, it was super important for me to give this to people and to actually have people who want to try it out. Um, I was not expecting to get so much feedback on it. So when I published it, um, I think it was two weeks before I had my presentation uh, of, of the project, um, I thought, okay, maybe one or two people uh, will try it and, and I get some feedback um, to see if they have problems doing it so I can, I can improve it and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of exploded in on on Facebook and on on Instagram. How and, many people uh, tried it in that first initially? Like, how many people did you hear from? I'm not sure actually. So it it, it took a while in the beginning. Um, but the so the first press or the first images of a press, um, I got a, about twelve hours later. Oh um, wow! 
which is really impressive because yes, uh, the printing it, takes a long time. It takes longer. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. the printing takes about 17, 17 hours with my printer. Wow. Um, so somebody must so have instantly printed it. Exactly. Wow. That's so cool. That's awesome. And so that must have been a real kick. So when you gave your presentation, were you able to talk about the fact that people around the world were printing these? Exactly. I was um, I was really proud to to show pictures of, of the presses uh, from Canada, from the USA, uh, basically from all over the world. Um, that was really, really cool. Apart from the presentation, it's so cool to, to see people actually use my design. What has been the most satisfying and exciting thing for you now that you've put this out there and people have responded so positively to it? There's one guy, um, he, he's called uh, Chris Sweeney. Um, he's from Philadelphia and uh, he is uh, an art, art teacher. Um, there, so I think the, the the best thing about this press is to see um, actually to, to see teachers um, using them using it uh, in their classrooms. Mm -hmm. um, this is I don't know it's it's so unreal uh, to see that my press has some contribution to the um, education um, of printmaking. So people are using printmaking now because of my press in places where it wasn't possible before. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of schools can't afford to pay thousands, exactly. several hundred or thousands of dollars on large presses. And um, when you get something used, sometimes it's all broken down and terrible. And then it takes exactly. a lot of uh, work or knowledge to, to fix it. So, uh, yeah, you've solved a big problem for a lot of people where that accessibility. Are you looking to try to see if you can, I know it sounds like, I, I think I read somewhere, saw somewhere, um, a link that you might've posted. Did someone print a smaller one or are you working on that? Trying to do a smaller one yet? A smaller one. Um, Did I'm someone not sure do actually. that? I think someone, I've read somewhere that someone might be doing a half size one or something. Oh yeah, that was in the beginning, I think, but I didn't have any pictures. Oh, um, okay, maybe I just read. I, I don't know if if, if it worked. Um, yeah, there, there are people, and this is also really um, important about this project. I think is that people um, are able to change the design, mm -hmm. um, and and they are now um, adding mods to it um, to clamp it down, for example, or to to make little blocks so the the printing table is not falling off um, when you push it through. Yeah, uh, I saw that someone extended the print bed. Quite a bit. Exactly. And exactly. then they put supports underneath it. And where the supports would, I don't think they printed the supports. Yeah, I, I think another one did. Okay. Um, I don't know the name. Um, but yeah, so people are actually um, getting involved in the project. Um, so it's not only my project. It's, it's kind of a, a little community already. And I'm really excited to see what... Uh, how it's going to be in, in a few years. Yeah, actually, so people are uh, improving the press and, and make it fit their own needs. So, um, yeah, I just want to get as many inputs as possible from people. So if you want to try um, printing on, on cloth um, or on textile, this might be something we, we need to test it and uh, to see if we can make modifications to, to make it work, basically. So I'm only... Um, using it for paper and for engravings, basically. Um, yeah, I'm using so, Lino and I'm printing on, um, the, I know the, the Lino, using Lino, the, the paper works great. Um, and um, I, I have printed on fabric, but it just wasn't, I wasn't able to get the impression as dark as I would have liked. However, yeah. like I said, I haven't done extensive testing on it. Um, and I was thinking about possibly collaborating with the engineering students to see about making, um, you know, a longer, maybe, maybe a wider press bed to, mm -hmm. to see what could, how big do you think 
you can make this and have it still work and not break. Uh, and, and obviously, you're limited by the size of 3D printers. A lot of them are not exactly. very big. But yeah. have you tried to make a bigger one? Or what, what do you want to uh, do next? Yeah, I haven't tried to, to make it bigger yet, but quite a few people... Um, Ask me, um, ask me if it if it's gonna work. Um, so, I think it should work. Um, it kind of depends on how big you want want it to be. Um, and Linocut and and really have printing in in general should be no problem because there's not much stress on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with intaglio printing like um, dry points and, and etchings and stuff like that, um, it might be difficult um, because there's so much. Um, so much pressure on on the rollers, right? Uh, just break. Um, but this is again, this is something uh, we just need to try out. Um, I don't have time to to try it out by myself because it takes so much time to print it uh, larger. Oh yeah, well, um, also it's very costly too. I mean, I I can I, is that was it expensive for you to do this project to keep printing presses? I don't know actually. Uh, I haven't used so much material. Um, maybe three kilos. Okay. Uh, which is I don't know, seventy-five euros. Um, okay, so you so you have um, and you have access to a, a printer at school, correct? So you don't have to have your own printer. 3D printer. No, I have my I have my own. Printer. Oh, you have your own so printer. Okay. When so I started this project, I was um, I bought the basically the cheapest printer you can get. Um, it's a kit, so you have to build it first. Oh wow! Um, so you really had to do a lot of work. And what kind of printer? For those who are listening and thinking, oh, I want to get a printer too. What kind of printer did you get? So that's an uh, Anit A8. Okay, and maybe you can send me the link to that, and then yeah. I'll post it so people can look and see what what you used. And did you go with fifty percent, like half um, density, or did you go a hundred percent? I kind of was um, trying it out a bit. Um, I never went full one hundred percent. I thought that um, it would just take too much too much time. Uh, to print it, and since I was trying to print as as much as I can, um, I was trying out with 25% on on some parts, and for example, the rollers should be um, at least 50 um, to make it to make it very strong. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, my whole thing is is 100%. The whole thing. That's awesome. Because the guy, well, the engineer, the guy in the engineering department, he was like, "So I was thinking that we should just do it 100%." I'm like, hey, sounds good to me because I plan to use this thing. Like, really yeah. use it. <laughs> and he, awesome. And so, and it's nice because it's still light. And mine is printed in like an off-white. Um, it's just off-white. So I expect that it will probably get um, pretty dirty originally or eventually. I'm, I'm trying really hard to keep it clean though, and it's really funny because I don't worry about this with any other press that I use. But it's like I really am so proud of this thing, and I didn't even design it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> just oh, that's through. awesome. Yeah, and then I put some gaff type, and it's like um, kind of like um, masking tape. I don't know. Do you guys use gaff tape in Germany? I'm not sure. It's it's a um, tape. It's used a lot by photographers here in the United States, and it's this kind of tape that you can like you can peel off and then replace place it down again, and it doesn't lose its stickiness. So oh, okay. um, I, what I did is I stuck a piece of that over the part where the um, for the um, Oh, what do you call it? The little lever that put, you know, you crank through the crank that yeah, puts it through. Yeah, sure. So that way it doesn't come off every time. Um, yeah, awesome. Because I was, you know, kind of having that issue. And I understand why that's detachable because you want to be able to take it apart if you need to. Um, so I um, have that tape there holding it in place. And I put a piece of tape over the top 
connector piece that holds the two side pieces together. I just put tape over that because it was kind of popping up a little bit. And then I put tape over the two pieces at the bottom that... So, I mean, for me, I don't know how necessary any of that was, but so I have turquoise tape on my white press and... Um, my and favorite then, color. Yeah, yeah, it's my favorite awesome. color too. Yeah. <laughs> so I went to the hardware store and I know I was not able to get screws as long as what you were calling for. Um, at the hardware store in the US, they don't have the selection of some of the European um, the measurements. So you have to go. I see. So I was able to get 30s instead of 50s. But okay. for me, that still worked because I'm using Lino. So um, it's not going to be as thin as a like an etching plate. Sure. So yeah, sure. Um, I, it kind of gave me a little more space. And I have two, mm. uh, two l- layers of felt. And I just cut down some of my um, felts for my other one of my other presses. I had just replaced the felt. And so I had some little pieces, some scraps I could use. And um, cut those, put them on there. So it looks like a legit press like it, with the felts. I think the felt makes it all official. Um, yeah, it does. <laughs> when you put the felt on there, you're like, wow, this is a real press now. This yeah. is really cool. So, um, so yeah, I mean, this I can't even imagine. Has your life changed dramatically in the last, um, well, how many months? When? What was the date that you released this? Uh, I think it was in um, late March. Okay. And something I think like, I remember like hearing about it right away. I was at the end of the semester with my students, though. So I was like, okay, Jennifer, don't even get distracted right now. <laughs> so I waited until summer to approach um, the engineering department. I think I asked about it in June. So I was able to get to get it within a few weeks after that, which was really awesome. But uh, have you had like, I mean, I imagine that you're getting a lot of email or a lot of correspondence through uh, social media. I mean, what is it like? Um. It's it's awesome. Um, I'm constantly uh, happy to to read emails, to reply to emails. Um, so people write to me and say, "Oh, I I have this huge makerspace at my university, and I want to to try to print it larger." Um, and she was basically asking if I had a, any tips. Um, so we were trying to figure out um, what to um, yeah how how to do it basically. Uh, yes. So you're getting it's consulted right. by people all over the world. Exactly, and and I'm not an engineer, so um, there are there should be people that that are far better equipped uh, with um, I don't know helping people with stability and and this kind of thing. But um, so yeah, I'm I'm just here as a um, participant really. So uh, I want to to be part of the the community. Well, I think you've definitely built, I mean, the community is kind of sprouting up around you. So I think not only will you be part of the community, but you're going to be like, you know, one of the people that um, are, uh, you know, uh, very influential in this community. And I know you're you're young and you're starting your career. So um, that's not a bad position to be in, you know, when you're 22. Yeah, so um, what do you want to do? What do you want to do next? I mean, now that you have put this out and got a lot of positive feedback, um, what, is, what do you want to do next? So... There are uh, quite a few projects that I want to do. Um, first of all, I, I just um, I don't have that much of a plan. Um, I'm kind of just um, seeing what pop, pops up, what um, I don't know, what um, events maybe. Yeah, sure. Uh, so we were thinking about. Um, I'm actually thinking or, or planning to make a little open card exhibition out of it. So people that oh, have yeah. printed on these presses can send can send me the prints um, and I will exhibit them in, in a little workshop in Cologne. Um, and 
I'm in in the middle of talking with uh, businesses and and some museums uh, to see if we can um, if if they want to exhibit it as well. So oh, that would be really exciting. Yeah, yeah that would be really exciting. Should be really cool. To, yeah, to that'd be, that. yeah, that'd be super exciting. Um, when I first got my hands on this press, I was right away thinking like, okay, so what can I make that's this small that will still be really, you know, fun for people to see. And I think it's interesting because there are going to be people who are doing some really awesome and detailed etchings. Uh, for me, yes. it's going to be more like I'm doing that whole, like, kind of, um, I want to do a small installation that would fit just on a wall, um, be a ton of, like, posters. It would be kind of a response to things going on in, in the United States right now. Nice. Um, which would be really fun, and I need to find a yeah. venue for that um, to show it once I'm done. But, but yeah, I, I think having a show where it a way to um, just kind of showcase all the different things that people are doing on these presses. And it could be a range of student work to professional work. Uh, it would just be really fun to kind of have an umbrella where everyone has a place um, because it exactly. kind of s- spreads the um, love of printmaking. It sounds like at the end of the day, that's what, really what you're trying to do. And um, yeah, so that sounds like a wonderful project and uh, definitely keep me posted because I will help spread the word about that. Awesome. I'm so excited Thanks. to tell people about what you're doing. And I just wanted to be able to tell them the complete story. And um, yeah, and as part of that, I'm interested in the kind of printing. You said you started printing and uh, printmaking in about 2011. And what what kind of printmaking do you do? Like, what do you, what do you like to print? Well, um, it depends. Uh, I, it changes all the time. So back in 2011, I was doing an, an internship um, at this uh, really small local um, workshop. And um, yeah, I've been there for yeah almost eight years now. Um, I've I've stayed basically, um, and I've been experimenting with all sorts of stuff. Um, so we're not we are doing relief printing, so um, something like woodcut, linocut, um, stuff like that. And uh, then the other one is intaglio printing, um, all kinds of etchings, engravings, stripe-ons, um, etc. And some some mixed techniques uh, as well. So, I don't know. I was, I'm was i just experimenting all the time. Uh, I'm trying out new stuff, um, some with Aquatint uh, as well, and um, basically all, all the techniques um, out there. <laughs> and what does your subject matter tend to be? Like, what do you, like, when you're carving something or etching, like, what do you find yourself doing? Yeah, well... I'm not sure if I can group it. Uh, so I'm, I'm besides studying, um, I'm working as a freelance illustrator. Um, so most of the time, I'm doing uh, digital illustrations um, for print, for web uh, animations, um, and these kind of tend to go into the direction of caricature and definitely about people and and creatures and characters. So this is kind of what I'm interested in to to create characters uh, for games, for example, um, for movies, stuff like that. Um, And this kind of reflects on the printmaking as well. So just tons of characters with big noses. uh, uh, That's basically it. So that's how you try to print, and your printmaking reflects that as well, caricatures and... And so forth. Exactly. Okay. In, in that direction, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. So, when you're not um, going to school, that is that how you make uh, a living? Is doing freelance art? That's, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's great. How long have you been able to get by doing that? Did you have to have a regular like fast food job at some point, or have you always made made a go of it as an artist? This is kind of a I don't know a detour now, but um, so I have a, a twin brother, um, and he's doing um, programming and stuff. 
Um, he's the IT guy, and I'm the designer. Um, so when we were 15 years old, we started to de- develop um, apps for the App Store. Okay. Um, um, and this is basically, um, yeah, we made a little bit of, of money out of that um, when we were f- 15, uh, which was quite crazy. Um, and then kind of it, it went to freelance work, um, and I think since might be five years now um, that I can um, live uh, from freelance work, freelance illustration. But it's not it's not too much. Um, I, I I'm not interested to be to be rich. Um, I just want to be happy. <laughs> sounds really awkward. No, no, it but, sounds. Uh, I mean, that's exactly my uh, my philosophy as well. Yeah. Then again, I'm I'm a person who is doing all sorts of stuff, uh, which is not related to things. So, for example, 3D printing and, and um, maybe a little bit um, concept art, uh, game design, stuff like that. Um, and then on the other hand, there is printmaking. And, uh, so I'm always um, kind of, I'm bouncing between um, these categories or disciplines, um, um, basically whatever I want. Do you plan to travel around and maybe meet some of the people that have these these presses? Oh yes, definitely. Yeah. Pretty soon I will be going to London um, in September actually nice. to to make a semester abroad there. I will be studying illustration in in Kingston, um, and I will definitely visit all the the printmaking workshops there in London. Um, London is actually one of the from from the statistics is it's one of the the cities uh, that has the most uh, printmakers that come to my Instagram account. Oh, really? Um, so, yeah. That's that's kind of, and uh, so you said Kingston. In, in, yeah. And, and that's where there, a lot of people are coming. I had no idea there was like a hotbed of printers, of printmakers there. That's so, cool. Yeah, well, it's, it's basically London. Um, yeah. Kingston is a bit outside um, where there's this um, yeah pretty big art university, Kingston University. Um, and it's it's a bit cheaper to live there. <laughs> so that's good. Um, yeah, no, that's a smart move. Now, do you think, will this turn into a business at all for you? I'm a bit conflicted about that because um, actually initially I didn't plan to, to make any kind of money from it. Um, it was supposed to be a, a, a non-profit thing. Right, um, free. To, yeah. to make it accessible as, uh, as possible to people. But yeah, since a lot of people have have asked me now um, because they don't have a three D printer, um, if I can print them um, the press, so this is kind of the exact um, yeah problem uh, I need to deal with, and I'm actually working on it. So uh, if everything goes well, I can. I'm I'm working with a, a producer here in Germany, um, and he he will p- produce them for um, yeah not not much money. Um, nice, so nice. And so do, you, do you have a name for the? What are you going to call these presses that you make? I don't know. Actually, um, that's something that popped up yesterday. I think we were thinking about. Uh, oh, it needs a name. Um, this this little press needs needs some kind of some kind of name. Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't thought about it. Um, but <laughs> have you? Cool, yes. Do you have any idea how much a press would cost for people that are dying to get one? Yeah, I'm not sure yet because we are trying to figure out um, different um, materials and, and different um, printing settings to see. And, and it kind of comes down to the to the time it takes to print one. Yes. Um, and since this is really long, um, we might we might be able to, to decrease it. Um, and I'm aiming for something like 50 euros, um, which is 
a really good deal. Um, I, I've talked to a lot of uh, producers in, in Germany who are giving or who are, um, have a service for 3D printing. And almost all of them were saying, oh, yeah, uh, one press costs $150. Uh, which is insane <laughs> if you if you know that um, if I can print it at home for five euros of material, that's quite a way to 150. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I was able to to find this really nice person um, who is not keen on making too much money. He thinks that um, this is a great project he wants to support, and uh, yeah, it's now um, we we need to do some some testing and some. Um, yeah, to 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 make the the quality of the press um, um, good enough. Yeah, that is really reasonable. I just did the conversion because I'm like, I don't know what the um, how many euros equal to like. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah, it's, it's basically you, yeah, right? but it's 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 <laughs> like right now today it's fifty eight fifty eight. So it'd be like less than sixty dollars U.S. Of course, there'd be shipping. Thankfully, these are small and pretty pretty light. So it wouldn't be um, that expensive. Um, and of course, I don't know what kind of tariffs tariffs we have to pay because we've started this whole tariff thing here in the U.S. <laughs> where we're at, in a trade war sure. with everyone, apparently. It, it might, um, might look really weird, especially yeah. <laughs> with 3 printed weapons. Uh, is this a weapon? Oh, my goodness. Sure. It's ridiculous. Yeah, no, he's, uh, yeah, we've, we're in a little bit of an issue here with our um, trade. But anyway, um, yeah. yeah, it's very inexpensive. If people are interested in getting a press from you if they don't have access to print one themselves or just don't have the desire to try to print one themselves. Um, how long do you think it will be? Will it be um, within the next year, within the next you know month or two? And what is your timeline that you're kind of looking at? I'm not sure because um, because of the the London uh, thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah. because I'm going to London uh, the since uh, Christmas uh, or to Christmas. Um, so I'm I'm not sure what I can achieve before London, um, but I was hoping to get it done this year. Um, but we'll have to see. Um, I'm, yeah. I would so it be, might be I would something be. to launch that people can look for early next year, possibly. Um, yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah. So. I would like to to invest some more time to to make sure that everything works, and um, there's also some some legal stuff I need to need to look at and uh, stuff like that. In the meantime, people can print out, you know, the, the, the version that you have online that people have um, added some tweaks to. So people, it sounds like people are still sharing their information about little modifications that they've made. I'm, I think it's really important that this keeps going. So I was a bit conflicted um, when I thought about producing presses and selling them because it, the kind of the do-it-yourself aspect gets lost and this this might be um difficult for for the project so i will always tell people oh so the plans are completely free if you can um can find a 3d printer um you can basically print it for free but um so this option would only be for people who have absolutely no idea where to print it and and how to print it um so they can kind of access to printmaking as well but it's it's kind of an addition not a um hopefully it's not damaging the the open press project in that way do you have any idea now we're talking in july uh july 16th of 2018 and this was launched in march how many presses that you're aware of roughly i mean obviously not maybe not everyone has shared their their photos yeah. but how many do you think are out there just estimate um so I, i've tried to to keep track um there should be so i know of i think 70 
presses. 70 presses. That's awesome. Um, but but there should be much more. Um, so I've seen people on Facebook commenting that they've printed one and, and are using it and are super excited. Um, but these are the people I don't have in my, my statistics, basically. Uh, so there should be even more than 70. So 70, those are photos that you've seen from people? Exactly, from okay. people who shared it and people who printed multiple. Um, so this one guy um, from Philadelphia I talked about, um, he just printed six of them. Uh, to use it in in his class, so uh, in in all kinds of uh, different colors. That's oh, that's awesome! awesome. And that's uh, that could be something we can um, show at the Open Core exhibition if it's going to work. Um, it would be cool to to see the presses of the people because I'm only using most of the time white uh, material, white filament for my press because I want to see ink spots on it to wipe them away but right. um, lots of people have colored filament so all of the presses are really colorful and uh, kind of a, a puzzle of, of different um, colored rollers and, and, and stuff yeah so you awesome. can do a lot of cool stuff I know I didn't own the press myself and I didn't I was not trying to be picky I was so thrilled that they would even be willing to work with me on this and I just they said they had white I said sounds great to me um, yes. <laughs> and it's kind of an off-white color and um, but again I have my accents with my turquoise tape on there so, yeah, awesome. um, so <laughs> I, I was able to add my favorite color to it anyway but uh, and so for I'm assuming you're gonna post more information about the um, show if you if you do an open call for um, for prints, you're gonna exactly p- post that out there, and that will be really cool. So, is there anybody famous, any famous printmakers that you've heard of that are using this press or a press like this? I'm not sure. I'm I'm not that um, deep into the community in okay. the worldwide. Uh, so this was basically the, f- the first time I was looking through the community, the printmaking community. Um, before that, I was only here in Cologne, um, knowing people, and there's not not a, a famous printmaker i don't think um so i'm not sure actually they might, well, might i guess be. that's a motivator to, to, for us to go get famous and then show people <laughs> the press <laughs> yeah there, there are some influences so um i don't know if you know shelly thorstenson i think her name is um she's the one who posted it on instagram uh for the first time so i was i was only posting it on facebook when i published it mm-hmm. and she put it on instagram and got huge amounts of uh, feedback that's awesome so um what has been the best part about this whole experience for you i think really the um the best thing is to um this is the feeling that i have achieved something so uh something that really has or, or seems like to have an impact on on the world or on the the, the artists uh community um uh this is yeah, this is, has been really uh, touching. Um, so when people approached me and they were all excited, so there was not not a single person um, who was um, who was criticizing it, um, which I would have liked because I wanted to have feedback. But <laughs> just all of them, all of them were really excited and and happy and uh, couldn't wait to to try it out. And yeah. That's that's just so awesome. Well, congratulations. I think that's wonderful. Yeah, I, I'm thrilled. And I have taken it on um, every vacation that I've gone on since. Um, you know, if I make a little car trip, I put it in the car just in case. Um, awesome. <laughs> there's, there's actually one person <laughs> who is bringing it up um, into the mountains. So she's doing mountain trips and um, she just 
brought her press um, uh, up into the the, the high mountains. Um, it's awesome. Um, I don't know if there's there's any other printing press uh, that has been um, so up uh, so so high. I don't know. Probably not. You might have gotten That's a Guinness a Book of World Record there, yeah. played a role in it. Yeah. No, it'll be really interesting to see where this goes, and I am thrilled to be able to help spread the word. Is there anything that you want people to know about you or this project that I didn't ask you about? No, I think. It's, that's basically it. <laughs> thanks for having me. Yeah, well, thank you. And a special thanks to Martin for being a guest. And once again, I just want to thank him for his generosity in sharing the files with the rest of the world because I love the little press that I was able to get printed at my college. And I'm really excited to be able to use that as a teaching tool in my classroom next semester. I am really excited to see what happens as more people 3D print their own presses to see how this impacts kids and maybe encourages, encourages more of them to go into printing because uh, printmaking is fun and it's just a really exciting thing that's going on right now with these little presses. So if you want to see more about this and learn more about what Martin's up to, you can follow the links from craftsanity.com. I'll post links to his social media and some information about this project. If you decide to get involved let me know. It would be awesome to get a little mini print swap going. I'm interested in doing something like this anyway, even if it's, they aren't prints pulled off tiny presses. So if you're hearing this and you're a printmaker and you're like, yeah, I'd, I'd want to do that, send me an email, jennifer at craftsanity.com. Because I know Martin's going to be doing some mini stuff and I don't want to step on his toes because, I mean, that's going to be pretty cool. But if anyone is interested in a, just a print swap, like straight up swap, let me know. Maybe I can get something like that organized. I've kind of held back from organizing something like that in the past because I'm a self-taught printmaker and some of you guys are doing like breathtaking work and I'm doing kind of not as breathtaking work. <laughs> but yeah, so if you are interested in, in swapping with someone who's not a professional, but um, I do sell my work, but you know, whatever, I'm not in a gallery, uh, let me know. And we will start a little swap. It'd be so awesome to do this. And um, I am interested in doing, I'm still doing my mini print project because I'm uh, making some little protest posters and some, you know, just commentary on what's happening in the world. And I'm going to be probably hanging it up in my home office. Okay, so um, clearly if, if I sound a little scattered, it's because uh, the new semester at my college starts tomorrow actually but I, my class doesn't start until Tuesday I'm recording this on a Sunday night and I can't believe my summer's over I mean I worked all summer I was advising the student newspaper all summer and everything but it kind of feels like this is like super like official start of the year and my kids have already been back to school but I go back to school and I, I just got new letterpress type from the most awesome event there's a waste goose in Ann Arbor over the weekend on Saturday and I went I spent a lot of money on type and supplies and loved every moment of it. And now I have all this like fresh, new-to-me type that I cannot wait to use, but it's time to go back to school. Uh, <laughs> I have so many independent study projects I want to do. I just kind of want to lock myself in my house and not come out for six months and just do my projects. I have weaving projects I want to do and all kinds of stuff. And you know what, though? It's really fun when 
you have so many things you want to do and you're so excited about doing these things that you feel like you just don't have enough time. Uh, this is way better than being bored, folks. And I can't even remember the last time I was bored. One of the things I need to do is I need to clean up. Like, I really need to clean up because it looks like a tornado has gone through my entire house. I went to the Michigan Fiber Festival and was a vendor for three days selling weaving looms and magazines. And we even sold some stickers that are new to our product line that my daughter designed. And, you know, it was it was exhausting uh, fun, though, too. Uh, I got to see a lot of people that I've interviewed for my column, fellow guild members from the Weavers Guild. I got to see people from further out that I don't see very often and connect with some people I've interviewed for my podcast, connect with some people who listen to the podcast, which is really fun. It's always kind of surprising to me when people come up and be like, oh, I listen to your podcast. And, you know, it's it's such, such a cool a cool kick that I get every time hear somebody say that so thank you all for listening and thank you to my patreon sponsors for keeping this going uh thank you to all of you who have supported my etsy shop and kept that going i really just appreciate it and feel very fortunate that i get to do so many things that i love to do you know even though i don't like grading and like writing syllabus documents and all that official stuff that goes with the academic world um a lot of that paperwork stuff is totally for the birds I love advising the school paper and I love te teaching people about journalism and how to be a journalist and why it's so important. So when you, I look at everything I get to do, it's all pretty cool stuff, all of it. So I'm, I'm excited about that and I'm thankful for that. Yeah, I just need about like 24 more hours in a day or the ability to survive without sleep. And yeah, I would have absolutely no excuses not to get all my stuff done uh yeah so i better i i'm i know what this is really about you guys the reason why i'm talking so much on this episode it's called procrastination i have to update a couple more things on my syllabus i didn't even have to write a new one because i teach the same class every semester i teach the same couple classes there aren't major changes to the syllabus it's pretty much the same content um the actual examples change daily because i teach using what's happening in the news as my content but um yeah i just really i struggle to buckle down on this stuff i'm trying to record the world's longest podcast intro and exit so i can prolong the time until i have to go and go back and do that academic paperwork oh my yeah. So anyway, I haven't lost my marbles. I'm just really procrastinating. So it happens to everyone. All right, folks, I'm going to try to get all that work done so I can maybe step into my print shop before I go back to work. We'll see. We'll see what I'm able to do. You guys take care. I'll be back soon with another episode. In the meantime, craft sanity, my friends. It works for me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Craft Sanity Podcast. To support the show, click the Patreon link at CraftSanity.com to donate $1 a month or buy a handmade loom or magazine at CraftSanity.etsy.com. Same time next.